So Hyper Island is a creative business school. Um, it started around 26 years ago in Sweden. So the three founders of the company, they were working in the software um, industry. So they were working either in IT or software engineer. And then they realized that a lot of technologies around that time, they were coming in and people needed to adapt to them very quickly to make them, let's say, viable and useful for companies. So they just realized that there was like no companies or no mindsets around the industry making that happen because, you know, all the technologies that they come through to us, like every day, every month, something happens. So it's just like, how can we adapt those technologies to make that happen to your company? So it's not about the technology at the end of the day, it's basically more about the mindset, how people understand a change, how people as a group understand the change and how one person as an individual can drive that change internally. So it could be now we change it to all the context that is happening. It's like nowadays it's not technology anymore. Anything can happen like this virus change everything. So it's how people is adapting to be able to cope with everything that is happening and just being able to work as, you know, normal. So Hyper Island, started as I said 26 years ago with that mentality and we're keeping that mentality for now and now our vision or our mission is to design and facilitate a learn center education for individuals and professionals um, to help uh, professional development to respond directly to the needs of the markets and the changing digital environment and the global context so it's kind of like being more agile of what's happening in the world, but not only as individuals, also as companies and teams, as I mentioned before. Um, so yeah, we we expand all over the world. So now we have offices in, in the States, in New York, in Brazil, in London, in Manchester, and then in uh, Sweden, obviously we have two locations in Sweden. And then we are also in Singapore. And then we have a small branches all over the world as well, just affiliates that we have in Japan and other countries that they would like to work with Hyperland, but we don't have still an office, like physical office over there. So we're kind of like a learning provider for companies and for individuals. We do short courses, we do online courses, but we also do master degrees. So we have um, collaboration with uh, TSA University. So we provide master degrees um, with the TSA University diploma. So the whole process and the whole learning is Hyper Island, and then the diploma will come as a, as a let's say, as a proper stamp from the TSA University. So yeah. it's kind of like a 50-50 uh, business that we have, 50 more educational, and uh, the other 50 kind of like consultancy learning provider for companies. And so what inspired the Social Good Hackathon? So um, let's say that Hyper Island is quite big in Sweden. So you walk on the street, you go to a cafe, a supermarket, you say that you work at Hyper Island and everyone knows what it is because they know someone that has been through one of the master degrees, one of the courses, and everyone knows what we do. Um, We are not that famous all over the world. It's just 
we are very, very famous in a very niche environment. So when we talk to like agencies, innovation companies, uh, design companies, so they all know about us, but we are kind of expanding all over the world. Are we trying to do different activities, you know, the hubs that we have? So um, here in the UK, particularly, as I said, we have the school uh, in Manchester. So the education side of the company in the UK is based in Manchester. And then the um, consultant learning provider for companies, like the whole business is based in, in London. So we are a very agile and on and off uh, team. So let's say that we are not only always working in an office, so we don't have a proper office for ourselves. We work from home quite often, but then we also need to have like face-to-face um, collaboration. So we start jumping into like different um, co-working spaces in London. And the previous one, because now we changed, but the previous one, it was Impact Hub. So when we were there, we were there for almost two years. And when we joined, we kind of like uh, saw the needs um, that Impact Hub wanted to have more, let's say, uh, workshops and sessions for their members. So when we joined, we said, okay, we can help you out with that. Um, we are part of this community now, and we would like to do like a, some sessions or workshop with you guys. Um, we did a couple, but then the big one was the hackathon. So at the very beginning, everything started with just like a basic conversation, you know, but it kind of like grew into like a really big idea and everyone was happy to, to be part of it. And so the original idea was for Impact Hub to um, get briefs from their um, community just to um, for us as a as a company that drives so much network and community to that uh, group of people to solve problems that small companies, they don't have the resources to do so. So we say, okay, let's do that. And we choose one or two good briefs and then we just um, have a great weekend all together. But then we realized that some of the companies being as a, a let's say um, um, a workspace or kind of like a, company that brings other companies that they want to make an impact in the world. Some of them, they're like charities. Some of them, they help like very small communities. Um, some of the briefs, they were a bit challenging and they were kind of like <laughs> a bit touching points that they were like difficult to talk to talk about, let's say. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, we say, okay, how can we help them all through Impact Hub? So we talk to Impact Hub and say, how can we actually help you help them? So we created um, kind of like a brief all together. And I actually have it around here that I can talk you through a bit. Yeah, so the challenge that we actually created with um, Impact Hub was how to create new ways for Impact Hub in concrete, the one in uh, King's Cross, the one that we were based on, to sustainably provide free support for entrepreneurs um, from underestimated and underrepresented backgrounds by creatively leveraging existing resources. So it's like, how can we use the resources that they have to encourage them to create new things? So that was the brief at the very beginning. And then we share the event to, let's say, to all the network that we have, and we also share it online um, if I'm honest, it's the first hackathon that we organized in the UK. 
um, it was everything very new for us, for <laughs> Impact Hub and for Hyper Island as well. Yeah. So we call it Hackathon because, you know, it's at the end of the day, you want to hack an idea, you know, it's like, yeah. how can we solve this problem? But when <laughs> I remember I was in charge of the communication, so I started communicating to the world, to the online world. And a lot of people from like some software engineers and everything, it's like, okay, let's create a nap, let's do this. <laughs> and, you know, it's like how people think yeah. the Hackathon should be. And at the end of the day, it's like, we are more into like a design process or we're going to do more like ideation design during the weekend. We're not going to have people on computers 24-7 trying to create a website or an app to solve a problem. So it's like we want people more into like group dynamics to think about new ideas and then create innovation altogether. Um, So yeah, we had... We had to over-explain it, let's say. <laughs> I had so many emails coming in. Um, but it was really nice to kind of like clarify what we were talking about and the intention of that weekend. And yeah, we got uh, quite a good participation. So it was um, fully booked at the end. And we got people from all over the Europe coming. So as I said, the good of Hyper Island is, is that, you know, a lot of people from all over Europe knows what we do. Uh, especially Sweden, as I mentioned, and the Nordic countries. So when we spread the word, a lot of people from those countries, they wanted to come to London just for the weekend. And I think it was also the Valentine's weekend. So a lot of people got the excuse <laughs> to come to London, spend the Valentine's with uh, yeah. with the partner and then spend a couple of hours with us as well. So it was it was a really good excuse for some of them. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was... It was a great, great, great idea. A lot of learnings for all of us. Um, we're probably going to do another one. We were actually thinking to do another one at the end of this year. Yeah. But, you know, thinking about all the current situations, let's say, we're going to wait a bit more. And we actually even think like how to do things online, you know, like how can we crack and hack those ideas and those uh, learnings and make it happen. Maybe we can do like an online design hackathon or whatever you want to call it, but yeah. Yeah. Let's see. And so can you talk more about this kind of a hacking the design process? Because at least my experience at hackathons, maybe, and I'm a a technical person, so maybe we jump into just building way quicker than we should and mm-hmm. just kind of thinking about thinking about the way we think. We probably don't do that enough in hackathons that are slightly more technical. So can you talk mm-hmm. more about, like, what does it mean to hack the design process? What does it look like? What do, How is engagement with, you know, the people you're working with? Mm. So, yeah, so as I mentioned in High Pride, and everything is around, it's based on the process. So how we do things, um, changing people's mindsets and ways of working. So we encourage new ways of thinking and new ways of working. So when we talk about like um, new ways of thinking, we talk about like how much content from the current situation, from the current market, from the current companies you can bring to the process. And then thinking about new new ways of working is basically the process. So we have... um, We have a model called actually the content process model. So I can share with you a couple of images later, but um, it's kind of like a walnut. So if you separate a walnut in two, in one part you have the content and the other part you have the process. And at the beginning you have why, and at the end you have where to. So basically you need to think about why you're doing this, 
like why do you really need to do this and then where do you want to go like where to where, where what is the desired outcome of all of this so when you think about the whole process it's how you know how we work together towards a goal how the processes of modelers doing the whole time uh it could be helpful or not even helpful for so it's like kind of like always thinking about why you're doing and why you're doing it and then the content is what we we work on so what competencies do we need so what can we bring into the process to help us go through the whole ideation so let's say that most of our business model it works like this so everything that we work with uh, with clients and with students as well we always bring people from the outside world so we have a um, more than 500 um, collaborators all over the world that they bring as the content because they have their own companies, they work as a consultancy, or they actually have, you know, the, like an IT company, VR company. So they know exactly what they're doing because they're touching those new learnings every, every day. And then the process, it comes from Hyper Island. So we have uh, different ways to manage a learning, um, learning journey, let's say. So... Just to create a learning journey, we have a couple of models, a half of um, methodologies that we've been developed from the very beginning. So we take care of both because for a great learning journey, you need to think about what are you going to study, but also how are you going to study that? So it's always thinking about both and always thinking or having in mind why you're doing this and where do you want to go. And to get me right, to, to, to understand... Was you working, so you was in the co-working space, so was you working with companies inside the co-working space or was it open to, I guess, random people that signed up to Eventbrite or was it a closed event to companies that were bringing that content? So in this case, I think it was more opening to the to the world. So we, we okay. created an Eventbrite and it was, it was closed at the beginning, kind of like a let's say invite only, yeah. because we said, okay, let's try a network because we have a lot of alumni that they've been through our master degrees or uh, learning, um, you know, learning journeys that they can provide a lot of insights already from, from whatever they're doing right now. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we say, you know, the beauty of this is like mixing things up, uh, mixing people up, let's say, and bringing, you know, the best ideas into the table. So we open it to, to the public. And we had, let's say, 50% people who've been through Hyper Island, yeah. either master degrees, either like learning uh, programs with their companies. And the other 50% is just people who were interested in hackathons in general. Um, so, yeah, it was a really good mix. And then, as I said, we had people coming from different companies. Some of them, they were like agencies or really, really big companies, and they brought their own knowledge and experience to to the process as well and was it difficult getting complete strangers coming together and trying to ideate <laughs> together yeah i mean we we do this every day <laughs> this is not new for us yeah. so i think that's that's why we work on people and group dynamics very very strongly because we believe that the best ideas they come from people that they have experiences in different industries and different markets let's say because if everyone, you know, let's say that you're talking about how to design the new, you know, um, 
Zara, for example, like a fashion company, if everyone in the room is from fashion industry, they always going to think about like, you know, what's happening right now in fashion. But if you bring people from, you know, engineers, designers, um, I don't know, architectures, anything. So that people is going to challenge ideas. They, they, the challenge here will say how to make that group work together. And that's the beauty of, of all of it. Like you see a lot of people challenge each other and how to, how to manage each other and how to bring the ideas through, through an end, you know, through, through a, an actual MVP or something that you actually can try. And is this kind of, this way of thinking a common thing in group dynamics? For example, there's lots of people trying to solve problems with all kinds of stuff happening now, like in today, like today, this week, the last month. Are mm-hmm. they using these kind of tools that you guys, uh, your company employs and teaches or similar tools? Or do they just run full steam and try to put out fires in your experience? <laughs> I mean, I think it depends on the company, you know, like we, we always provide everything um, as, a, as an option that they can do things in different ways. You know, like we all, we will never say that the things that a company is doing is right or wrong. We just come there and suggest things that we think it could work. Um, if they are doing it right, perfect, you know, maybe they don't need um, some other companies to tell them what to yeah. do, but we actually don't tell them. We just suggest a couple of tools, uh, methodologies and different ways of working. And then we everything we adapt to whatever is happening right now to the current situation of a company or even a person, you know, because... If they're doing something, that means they are great. Like we, we are working with big companies at the moment. We are working with uh, with Tui, the airline. We're working with PayPal, for example. Mm-hmm. So PayPal has been alive for you know many many years, and they're doing everything great. Like we're not gonna go there and say do this differently. You know, we just need to see what's happening and give some just suggestions. Like we can go this way, but you, we need your help because you actually you are the expert. You know, we are yeah. just the facilitator of that change. When you are the expert, without them, we are, yeah. we are no one. And that's, it's, you're using interesting terminology for me because when I go to hackathons or when I speak to participants or organizers, I think that facilitator word is not maybe used enough. Whether you're mm-hmm. an organizer or whether you have taken more leadership role in a team, what you described as you're the experts, I'm here to kind of help you and suggest stuff to you, but it's not me kind of dictating what you should do. And have you got any tips for people that want to, whether it's, I don't know, a founder of a company or someone just maybe in university doing a group project, how to be a good facilitator? I think... (laughs) I'm sorry um, if that's a hard question. Yeah, I think it's kind of like taking a step back and observing, I think that would be my first suggestion. It's like, take a step back, observe, uh, help everyone have an opinion. You know, in a room, if it's 10 people, maybe three people is the, the, the ones always talking, but maybe the other seven, they also have an opinion and a very valuable opinion. So it's kind of like, take a step back, look at the situation, look where are we going, and make sure that everyone is contributing to to the process, everyone is on the same page and everyone is happy with with what we're doing. Like everyone is understanding why we are here and where we're going. 
does that mean they have to control the the kind of flow of the project? For example, if it's moving too fast, you might mm-hmm. leave people behind and maybe they wanted to voice something, but things are moving too fast for them. So does the facilitator control kind of how fast things are moving to? Um, I would say yes and no at the same time. I mean, if if it's going too fast, maybe it's going too fast for... It depends if it's going too fast for some of the participants or if it's going too fast for the facilitator. So if it's going too fast for some of the participants, it's good to slow down and make sure that everyone is on board, you know, because you don't want to lose people on the way and you don't want to demotivate people on the way. So you need to make sure that everyone is on the same place, everyone is understanding where we are and where we're going. And then if it's going too fast for the facilitator, maybe the facilitator needs to pick up because if everyone is going <laughs> on the same pace yeah. and the same direction, maybe the facilitator needs to, you know, stay back and think of what's, what's going on for that person as well. But, yeah. you know, I, I know it's very difficult for a, a leader position to take a step back and try not to control what's <laughs> happening. But I think it's good to give some freedom, just, you know, get some tips, help during the process, but try not to be very intrusive during the way. I know it's difficult. It's very difficult because sometimes, you know, you just want to make it even yourself. But it's just at least observe what's happening first. Give them some freedom, uh, some directions, obviously. And then learn during the process. Give yourself a, a deadline, you know, let's say, I'm going to see what's happening for the first week, the first two weeks, or even the first month. And then after a month, you take a step back of all of this process, reflect on what happened, and then reiterate again. That's the way of learning. Always taking you know, time to reflect and time to make things um, you know, get internal like into you. And uh, I think that's not just good advice for just like business leaders or people Mm -hmm. that want to come out with productive solution in hackathons but in our own lives right sometimes i think your the kind of methodology your team has developed and your team kind of used to help paypal and other companies can that be Mm -hmm. used in our own lives just as a way to approach living and solving problems in our personal lives yeah, we, we really, really encourage to reflect. It's, it's a really big tool, let's say, massive tool that we use at Hyper Island. And we use it for everything, for the learning programs for companies, for the learning master degrees that we're doing for, for ourselves. Like, um, a lot of people ask me, like, do you, do you do what you preach? Like, do you actually do those things internally with your team or you just like show off that you actually, you know, do this with these company, really cool companies and you actually have a mess internally. I'm like, no, we, we actually do it. And it's very, very helpful. We always take time to reflect in every single process that we do um, within teams, within individuals like myself. And it really, really helps. And we also encourage the uh, feedback um, I think that if it's honest feedback that you actually try not to criticize someone, it's like honest feedback to help that person grow. I think it could be really, really helpful with the process as well, like creating a team and creating a structure to move forward. And as we always said, feedback is a gift, you know, if 
if I receive feedback from a, one of my colleagues, I take it as a gift. And then you do whatever you want with that, you know, like you can take it internally, you can just forget about it, but it's always something that you can work with. And finally, do you have any final insights or tips for anybody that's, that wants to ha- attend one of your next hackathon, but maybe they mm-hmm. don't feel comfort, confident enough, maybe they don't feel comfortable or they don't have the abilities to participate? How are there any tips or advice you would give them to really give them the confidence and and help them kind of venture out of their comfort zone? Uh, I mean, abilities, we're not asking for anything very (laughs) specific, you know, like we, when we organize an event, any, any kind of event, everyone is, is welcome because we always believe that everyone can bring something to the table. I remember, because I'm actually an alumni for of Hyper Island. I studied a master's degree four years ago. Um, and I remember when I started, I was working in retail before that. And um, most of my classmates, they were like designers, uh, CEOs. Uh, we had a really, really big range of people coming from all over the world. We were 60 people and we were 27 nationalities. It was massive. It was beautiful. It was the best six months of my life. And then I remember getting there and I was like, I actually have no idea what's happening. And I don't know what I'm doing here because for Hyper Island, you, uh, master degree, you need to do interviews. Um, you need to be accepted. So in a very limited um, spaces, let's say. And when they said yes, I was like, I actually don't know what I'm doing here. Uh, these people is really clever. But then I realized like, Whatever you have in your pocket, like all the experience that you have in your life, is really, really valuable. I learned so much in my previous jobs that I could bring everything into the table, like management, like group dynamics, like how to, like empathy. And then you realize that. So I think people don't need to be afraid to be part of a hyper island experience. We open it to everyone and all the experience that you have, bigger, small, anything, you can always, always bring something to the table. And just to clarify, you, you was working in a retail job, right? And a lot of, yeah. especially if you're young, like a youngster, that was why retail was one of my first jobs in secondary mm-hmm. school. And you don't <laughs> think that you gain anything out of it. But looking back, mm. you can say, yes, like you said, mentioned empathy, patience, a lot of patience in retail. Um, a lot of patience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lot. And even like customer, understanding your customer, and all of this, I'm, I'm using it right now, all of it. Like, and I remember when I interviewed for this job, because, you know, when you think I'm a hyper island alumni and then I apply for a hyper island job, it's like the door is open. No, no, no. I had to do my interviews. I had to do my task. I need to prove that I was worth it, you know? And I remember in one of my interviews, they told me, Clara, you got the job because, you know, all your retail experience, like, you know, how to talk to your customer, you know, how to talk to people. And you really, you know, you have your empathy and you have that. So every every experience that you have in life, something is on your pocket. Like you're always, always learning. That's why we have a couple of values in Hyper Island. And one is life love learning. Like I just realized that I'm learning almost every day something, always. 